All right, we are the Driveway Athletes. I am Jack, joined tonight by Ed. What's going on, everybody? Uh, we're here to discuss um, wide receivers ranked 6 through 12. We did the top five about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're here to knock off 6 through 12. Um, so that's our topic of discussion. If you're into wide receivers, this is a show for you. Um, if you're not, I don't know. You don't like fantasy football, I guess. I guess not, yeah. um i i just want to say something like the the guys we're going to discuss some of them could easily finish in the top five i would say Um, oh oh yeah like even so so like if i'm gonna make a comparison to running back i think it's easier for these guys we're gonna talk about to finish in the top fives than it would be guys that are like six through 12 running backs to finish in the top five, just because of like, you know, their ceiling is, is kind of capped. Um, these guys we're going to discuss, that's not quite the case. No, there's a school of thought that says like, once you get beyond like the top couple running backs, that wide receiver is just much more value, like much more valuable and predictable. Right. Um, so I have yeah. mixed feelings on that school of thought, but it does exist. Right. Um, I tend to agree with that school of thought. So. Yeah, like so. And maybe this is something like we can have like a, a a a discussion on like in a later episode. But like while I think that it's probably more predictable, like I I also think that like it is very tough to win in fantasy without a top ten running back. Um, and they're Agreed. harder. Yeah, that I agree with. They're harder to find when you get outside like the third round. So um, that's that's like. That's where I get I get tripped up. But anyway, I think that we can have a long form discussion about that. Like I think that that's mm-hmm. an interesting topic to discuss about like positional. I don't want to say like again we like preferences that we have, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then mm-hmm. how we like to draft or or like how we think we like to draft versus how we actually draft. Um, but I think that that will be a good one. Maybe we'll we'll, we'll record next week for everybody because um, yeah. I'm looking at like different topics to. You know, once we get through the ranks, to discuss, to bring, to bring to the people, <laughs> the masses, yeah, to the, to the dozens of masses. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I'm also just going to plug something really fast before we get going. Um, I'm waiting for the approval from Facebook, but guys, um, I did put some things up in a Teespring store. Um, if you go on the website, if you go to the Facebook page, you'll see a link for it. Um, you'll see different stuff. Go on. There's all different things. The phone cases, um, pint glasses, uh, mugs, T-shirts, sweatshirts. I did like three different designs with like um, different things with the Driveway Athletes logo. I made a, uh, a secondary logo for my dog's Instagram page. So that stuff's on there too. We don't ask you guys for you know any donations, anything like that. We don't spend time reading ads. Um, if you want to go on, you like any designs, go for it. Buy one. If not you know, just visit the website and drive some traffic. Um, I think I'm going to buy myself a pint glass. Yeah. Little, little Hudson, the Akita, uh, pint glass. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. Dude's got like 10,000 followers. Yeah. I mean, 
more people listen to the dog than they do to us. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. He's walking around here. How, like, I can't get people to listen. He's got 10,000 people kissing his ass on Instagram. Yeah. I've just got to sit here and be like, yeah, you know what, dude? People love you. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, you know, easy, easy merch. It doesn't – it's things you could use for the most part. I don't – you know, whatever you want. It's not – you're not just throwing money in my pocket. Um, Teespring is a secondary seller. I don't deal with the printing or, or having to buy merchandise up front. If you like it, order it. If you don't, don't. No big deal. But uh, check it out. Nice. Um, All right. So when, you want to dive into this? Absolutely. So two things or, or before we get started, remember, we're doing expert consensus ranking from Fantasy Pros and Half Point PPR. Um, so if you don't remember last time, uh, the top five per Fantasy Pros was Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, sir. Um, so we, we may have yeah. talked just so we're my top five were Devontae Adams, Hill, Diggs, AJ Brown, and Hopkins. Um, so one of those names we're going to be talking about today because it does not fall into the fantasy pros. Right. Um, um, so at six, uh, DK Metcalf, um, can you say freak athlete? <laughs> uh, I mean, this guy is a what they call a specimen. Um, but uh, yeah, like so, he's playing. He he plays with one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and uh, he he really came on uh, last year specifically. Um, his twenty twenty season. He played all 16 games, 83 receptions, 129 targets, 1,300 yards for 10 touchdowns, and he finished at the uh, wide receiver seven last year. This was a player that you were kind of all over preseason last year that you you had picked as your like your breakout, and you specifically, if I recall correctly, pointed yes. to inefficiencies in the red zone as a thing to like improving in his second year correct so which <laughs> obviously that happened um i actually see him with the same sort of workload i, I don't know if i'm correct you, you tell me I, I see very similar um numbers with metcalf um it'd be tough to project more targets at 130 Mm-hmm. Well, 129. It'd be tough to project more targets. Um, now, maybe, especially towards the end of the year, where, like, efficiency really went down, we were looking at, like, you know, um, from weeks... Well, let's look at weeks 14 through 17, just to, to prove my point, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, he sees at least six or more targets during that time. Um but doesn't get more than 61 yards. Yeah. So, so like that could improve. I don't know necessarily know that the targets are going to improve because there's so many games with a lot of targets. Right. Um, but 
he could be better, you know, like. So I would say that team could be better. Well, the end of the season, they really, everybody on that team struggled. So, yes, like, um, for instance, like I had Russell Wilson as my quarterback. It, it, like, Metcalf's performance coincides with Wilson's performance, right? Like, it's the same situation. So, I don't necessarily think it's this player. I think no, 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 team. no. Yeah. yeah, that's not what I'm, I guess, that's not what I'm saying. Like, I, sure. I hope that I'm not, mis- you know, I don't want right. to be misinterpreted. Um, this is not me saying he was bad. It's just me saying, like, I don't see the targets going up, but the yards can go up. And um, so that 1,300 yards, I mean, look, give or take, it could, you know, um, it could very easily be 1,500, you know, like if the targets stay the same. That doesn't require a huge jump in efficiency. True. Um, It's just if you were riding that high, um, come playoff time, Matt, like I've said in the running backs, he was like the worst kind of player at that point where like you couldn't afford to sit him, but he was no. killing you every week come like yes. play, come playoff time. Yeah, correct. Um, now, where do you have him ranked? On D- your DK Metcalf is my seven. Okay, so it's it's relatively the same. It's close. Um, um, so what I uh, let me just remember the players that we had that I have above him probably have either multiple years of very good seasons or ha- are in very similar situations, maybe just not as big a freak athlete. So um, uh, Metcalf sees twenty four percent of his team's total targets, which is encouraging, considering that Lockett saw a slight amount more. Twenty six percent of his red zone targets. Uh, of, of his team's red zone targets. Um, if Metcalf can improve upon his red zone catch rate of 60%, which is ninth of the 12 players targeting the red zone 25% or more um, of their team, you would expect to see an increase in fantasy points. In half-point leagues, Metcalf finished seventh. I don't think we've seen his ceiling at seven. Um, so I think that, you know, it, it just so comes down to you ha- we have to put these guys in a certain order. Um, he falls at seven, a lot of upside, you know, I'd be perfectly fine getting Metcalf in round two, you know, early round two as my, as my first receiver off the board. Yeah. So he is going overall ADP is, uh, 18. So So right, like middle of the second round. Yeah. And I would like, if you had a turn pick. Uh, and you took Metcalf in your early second, like the first or second pick of the second round. I think it's justified. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it comes to sometimes what your preferences with some of these guys that like fall outside of that top five. Like what kind of, and when I mean preference, I mean what kind of receiver do you like? You know, like some guys, some people like the Tyree Kill, like the speedy guy, the Tyree Kill guy. I usually lean towards more like the like tall, um, like out jump a, a guy. You know, you like, like, like an Allen Robinson. Well, that's a volume receiver. I mean, yeah, like, right. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that those guys are invaluable. You know, the guys that get 10 targets or, or you know, a game, um, mm-hmm. you just don't see that level of volume. Allen Robinson, 
um, Hopkins, those guys, while like there's a skills gap, the volume is just so great, you know. But anyway, um, that's sometimes what you have to look at. Like, who are you? What kind of player are you actually drawn to? So seventh up um, is Justin Jefferson, who had a tremendous breakout year last year, and a guy that we've discussed a few times here. Um, I mean, can't say enough about this guy's rookie year. He plays historic. In all games. Yeah, it's historic. historic. He plays all 16 games, 88 receptions, 125 targets for 1,400 yards and seven t- touchdowns. Finishes uh, wide receiver six. Um, incredible. If basically last year, I assume he was probably free, right? Like I picked him up had, off waivers. Yeah, I picked him up off waivers. Right. So. I mean, that's the best value you could possibly get, right? Like picking a guy up off of waivers that has a historic season, basically, for for a rookie. Um, Yeah, um, you just, you know, it's one of those things like, uh, you know, um, sometimes no matter how great someone is, he can't save you from a historically bad draft. And that's mm -hmm. kind of where I was uh, last year. But uh, it was very nice to pick up someone to soften that blow to actually make me competitive. Now I'm saying that this year, this guy's going to cost you. Okay. <laughs> he he's, he's, he's going to cost you. And my, this is my opinion is it's going to be tough for him to repeat that season. Um, Will he finish around the same? Uh, he may, um, but that value is 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 not going to be there like it was last year, obviously. But he, I think he's still a really good asset to have for your team. Yeah, there's not like because it's such a historic season. There's not many comparables to say like, oh, hey, this guy had this level of season, and then the second season. It wasn't as good or or it was better. You know, like when you start talking about that Jefferson season, there's just not that many comps. So um, a 1,400-yard receiving season is very good for anybody. It is very hard to repeat for anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm with you. Um, It's going to be very hard to just just to do what he did last year. Um, but I don't, that doesn't mean he won't be valuable either. No, no, not at all. He, he definitely will be. Um, he is on a team that, you know, I guess like Thielen's, would you call Thielen like long in the tooth? He's younger than you think. Okay. Um, but like he's, he's been in the league forever, but I guess um, you're right. Yeah. But the thing is, is like there are some injuries that have, you know, probably added up. Um, he's 30. So, like, I would have thought he was 32 when I say, you know, younger than you think. Mm-hmm. 30 is that, you know, is a breaking point year. But um, 
last year he dealt with a you know he missed a lot of time. Um, it's just the thing is is uh, when you start talking about uh, upside, obviously Jefferson is the main wet passing weapon on that team, but it's a low volume passing offense. That doesn't mean there's not volume for Jefferson. It's just overall low volume passing offense. Yeah, I, I'm looking at his targets um, last year and towards the end of the year. He he was averaging looks like about 11, 11 targets maybe the last five weeks of the season. Um, so his targets definitely went up as the season went on. And you would expect that to happen this year. Obviously, the body of work isn't there, but... Uh, I see him being a valuable pick for your team. Yeah, I have him at nine. Um, so a little lower than consensus, but not that much. Um, I just, I don't think he's going to lose targets to another player. I just don't know how, I mean, what was the total catches last, last season? 88. Um, it's probably the lowest of players going around around this um this range. Uh while so we're basically like when we, we just talked about Metcalf, he had eighty three uh receptions. Right. Um it's just that he with those catches, those five even the five less, he didn't end up with fourteen hundred. You know, like he ended up with less yards. So, like, there might be just more room for growth for Metcalf where I don't know how much more growth there is here for uh, Jefferson. That doesn't mean he can't repeat. I just don't know if 1,600 yards is in... Is in... No, that's, that's going to be really... That's going to be pretty tough. Yeah. Right, and that's what I'm trying... Like... Yes. Um... What I'm trying to, I guess, like get at, and I'm I'm doing a poor job at at not beating around the bush, is, um, very hard to to improve on that. So, um, yeah, eighty eight is is about the same amount of balls that Deontay Johnson caught. You know, um, it's more than Tyreek Hill, but we have enough of a body of work. To to say that Hill will will repeat, yeah, um, for sure. Digs like Adams again. We got. I hate that we have to keep prefacing like Adams with um, the Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. But we it do. is what it is. Yeah, it yeah. is what it is. There. Um, so the thing is, though, with. Jefferson, you don't usually see someone have this much success of a rookie and then disappear. And I think that's also what we're saying. Like, he's inside my top 10. This isn't me saying like, oh my God, you can't have Justin Jefferson. I'm too higher than consensus. I just, you know, that's just the way it fell. It's the way it fell for me. It's not Mm -hmm. me saying I don't want him. It's just the way it fell. Right. All right, so our, our next player, who who me and you both like, um, that I think we talked today, possibly, or yesterday, 
that we think could finish in the top five is A.J. Brown, and he's at uh, number eight. A.J. Brown is actually my four. Okay. So what what do you lo- like about him so much? Um, so one is I think that they add Julio, which I know mm-hmm. that people think that that takes catches away from Brown. But really, I think that Julio is better than Corey Davis. So I think it actually helps Brown. Um, remember, so people think like he had 109 targets, 39% of his team's wide receiver targets. It's every, you know, almost for, you know, like that's a lot of any pass that went to a wide receiver went to A.J. Brown. And he missed time. Yeah, he missed two games. Um, and So... He's also a very good run after catch um, receiver. Six point nine, six point one on average uh, yards after per catch. Um, the best of any receiver inside the top twenty-four, as is his yards after contact. I think I said it when we talked the other day, but he's kind of like the Derrick Henry of wide receivers. It's funny that they're <laughs> on the same team, but he's hard to bring down. Yeah. So his stats last year, he plays in 14 games, 70 receptions, 106 targets, almost 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns, and he finishes wide receiver 11. Now, my question to you is, are you, do you think he's capped by his receptions? Nope. Because that's pretty low for a, you have them as your four. Um, do you see a pathway? I mean, he's going to have to get up close to 90 receptions to get yeah. to get the four. Well, so 106 targets, right? So um, a little bit of improvement on efficiency would help that already. Um, it's not like he's not getting looked at. Um He's entering year three, plus he missed two games. Okay. So if he played two two more games, if you if we want to prorate out the seventy catches by fourteen games, um, that would be eighty catches. Um, just if we if we prorated it out, so a minor improvement in. In efficiency, uh, you know, is catching per target and playing a full season. Already, he's he's close. You know, um, I also think that again, um, it, this is one of the things I've rowed about Zeke with. But they did change offensive coordinators in Tennessee. I just don't see Derrick Henry getting three hundred and seventy <laughs> rushing attempts. Yeah, you know, like yes. And I just see coverage being more fair. And when I say fair, it's like Corey Davis had a very nice year last year. But Corey Davis Davis in his best year is not as good as 33-year-old Julio Jones. You know, like um, I don't care how many games Julio misses with injury. He's going to keep a defense more honest. So... You have no fear that adding Julio is going to limit Brown's targets. Did it rid it? Did it limit Ridley? 
<laughs> I, I mean, great point. You know, like, I think that, I think we tend to like, want to see, like, here's the thing is like, we tend to want to look at, at targets as being static, but, or, or plays being static, but any additional first down is more plays, you know? And so I just really believe that adding a, better player makes your offense better being on a better offense is more valuable for a player in that offense mm-hmm. so i think that ridley was perfectly valuable with julio on the field he was even more valuable with julio off the field he's perfectly valuable with julio on the field so do you think i mean we're saying um derrick henry 370 um carries let's just say he carries the ball 300 times. Do you think they're passing the ball 70 additional times or, or is there going to be, or is he going to get like some rest for another running back? Maybe a little of both. Okay. Maybe a little of both. I don't think that it's, um, like uh, some of a spell back, um, some of more passes, maybe some of those passes just become screens, you know, like they're not all going to be wide receiver targets, but I just don't foresee any offense with a changing coordinator handing the ball off to one guy 370 times. Mm-hmm. I just don't foresee that being the case. Um. So our next player up, again, me and you have discussed this guy off, off air. Um, we see, I guess, we see a bounce back. We love him, um, and it's Michael Thomas, who dealt with an, a high high ankle sprain last year. He was the consensus number one wide receiver going into last year's draft. If you I would say, like, if you picked him and if you had the fifth pick overall and you picked Michael Thomas, I had no problem with that, right? Um, no, he was, like, quote-unquote, the safest receiver there could be. You yeah, know? He, yeah, he was a monster in 2019. I'm just going to read his 2019 stats because, I mean, they're off the charts. 16 games, 149 receptions, 185 targets. 1,700 yards, nine touchdowns. I mean, what else is there? And and his stats are this like very similar. I mean, that, that's his highest, but his body of work is tremendous. He has a high ankle sprain last year, dealing with that all year, and he scores no touchdowns. He's a bust, basically. He, he busts for you. And then he comes into this season with no Drew Brees and quarterback is up in the air, which I guess, you know, it scares a lot of people. But he, this guy is a tremendous talent, and um, I think he's being a little bit disrespected going at number nine. What say you? I mean, so I don't, I don't think – because he's my 10. So I don't think he's – 
again, we have to put these guys in a certain order, you mm-hmm. know, and we have to, you know, sometimes we do have to bake in a little bit of um, the situation. And I'd be perfectly comfortable if you want, if someone wanted to sit down in front of me and say, look, I'd rather have, I'd rather have Michael Thomas than Justin Jefferson. I'd rather have Michael Thomas than DK Metcalf. Um, I understand it. Um, well, I guess I should rephrase like when I say like a bit disrespect it, but I think you're doing pretty well if you get this guy in the third round. Yeah, I mean, I think you're doing well getting him in the second. <laughs> yeah. You know, like all things considered, um I think I I'd be perfectly fine with him being your second pick. I think it's fantastic that um you can pair him right now with a an elite an elite level running back. You know, and what we talked about these last couple of days when you're taking that your your second pick or if you're a late round first pick, you want someone who has the ability to get into the top five, you know, at their position. And this is a guy you're getting in the late second that has that ability. I mean, I would agree you really want Winston to be the quarterback. Um I think he'll be fine with Hill. Yeah, I think he'd be fine with Hill too. Yeah, I. So, I pulled it up just for gigs because we talked yesterday a little bit Mm -hmm. about how, or last week about how Washington kind of had historically bad quarterback play. Mm -hmm. So you tell me, late second round, if you had a receiver who had eighty-seven catches. A hundred or eleven hundred yards and four touchdowns. I like it. That was Terry McLaurin last year. Mm-hmm. So, if he was able to do that, I don't think I. I you know, I like Terry McLaurin. I don't oh, think yeah, Terry McLaurin sure. has the same skill set that Michael Thomas does. So, if for McLaurin sure. could yeah. do it with probably worse quarterback play, that Thomas could outperform that. With a better coach. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm i liking the value on Michael Thomas this year. Um, I've, de- I've done several mock drafts, and he is going at the end of the second, very early third, I mean, you can't go wrong with picking him. You really can't. Um, at that spot, I'd rather if I, if if you're wrong, I don't want to be right. You know, like yes. But if you're if you're wrong and you you whiff there, you under like it's not a bad pick. Even if you Never. whiff, yes. it's not a bad pick. Yeah. I mean his. His body of work says otherwise <laughs> that well, you're going to do okay. But again, like you have to sometimes when, when we're talking about like this isn't a bad pick no matter what. It's not a bad pick no matter what. We have to sometimes put it in front of people, right, for for mm-hmm. what that looks like. So I'm, I'm – uh, 
I'm pulling up average draft position now. And um, I'm looking for Michael Thomas. He's going, this 30. has him going 32. Am I in? Oh, I'm in standard. You're in standard. <laughs> so 30. Hold on. I want to, but I want to pull up the players around him. That's my point. Would you rather have Michael Thomas or Josh Jacobs? Would you rather have Michael Thomas or DeAndre Swift? They're the players going immediately before or after. Darren Waller. J.K. Yes. Dobbins. Waller will get you positional advantage, but that, you know, there's a give and take with that because it decreases your advantage maybe in wide receiver and or running back. So you have to, again, My opinion, I'd rather have Thomas over Swift any day of the week. Any, um, and twice on Sunday. Yes. That's when they play football. (laughs) Um, Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins, Clyde Edwards. These are all the guys going like give or take four picks before, four picks after. Mm -hmm. It's the best of the bunch to me. Yeah. So... To me, I am targeting Michael Thomas at that value. I think it, he is going to return on it. It's as good a bet um, as any. Right. Um, he will, unless we don't factor in injuries here, because you, you can't, um, I don't see him having zero touchdowns. <laughs> so... Um, our next player on the board at 10 is Keenan Allen, who, um, I'll read you some statistics here. He, he's a, a reception monster, this guy. Um, he plays 14 games last year, a hundred receptions, 147 targets, Eight touchdowns, and he well, he has almost a thousand yards, and he finishes the at the wide receiver fourteen. Um, where do you have Keenan Allen? Right, Keenan Allen's at my eleven. Okay, so we're it's around the same spot. Um, now he's playing with a second year uh, quarterback in Herbert, who had a. He had a really great rookie season, um, and I see him doing something very similar. So I see Allen with very similar numbers to last year. Um, My only... For me, the, the, the yards have to be increased here. My only concern with Herbert is they did change coaches and offensive coordinators. And not that I think that they brought in a bit. They brought in a defensive-minded coach, which means the offensive coordinator is going to be running the offense. He was formerly Drew Brees' quarterbacks coach in New Orleans. So obviously, you know, there's some things to like there. But young quarterbacks and change of offense is never something you want. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, that means fade him or 
at, you know, like don't don't believe in him, but it is cause to say, you know, like if it goes south, we probably know why. <laughs> you know, like it's just not good for young quarterbacks that have constant coaching changes. Um, you don't want them to have to re- learn and relearn offenses. That now, is my I, only concern. I, yeah, I get that, but I don't think Anthony Lynn was the best of no, but either. but you're not just losing your head coach; you're losing the whole staff. So the the quarterbacks coach from San or well Los Angeles to that last season is now in Philadelphia. Um, to to work with Hertz. So it's not it's not necessarily that I believe in the coach or the coach being great. He got fired for a reason. Just continuity is good for young, especially quarterbacks. You don't I, usually I agree see, with that. Um, you don't usually see quarter young quarterbacks have the success that Herbert has and the coach get fired either. This is like a very one-off situation. Typically, when a team drafts a quarterback, it gives coach extra time. If that young quarterback does well, it gives them even more time. You just don't usually see a young quarterback be successful and coaching staffs change. It is going to be an interesting thing. And normally you want continuity. You don't want change. But here we are. Keenan Allen's my 11. In saying that, though, do you see... Allen being targeted any less by Herbert. You know, no, like, no, right. No, I think Allen is my 11. I think that, so like one of the things I said with Keenan Allen, you're always worried about injuries, but the reality is, is he's played in 14 or more games going back to 2016 and six out of his eight total seasons. So if your injury is your concern, that's the stats. You're going off your feelings, not reality. Mm-hmm. Um, his 147 targets, good enough for fourth in the league. Um, 24% of his team's total targets. That's what you want in a high-end wide receiver. You want over 22%. Um, that seem, 24% seems to be a good predictor of who gets in the top 12. Yeah, I mean, the, he, Allen's averaging, it looks like over the last four seasons, like, around 140 targets per year. Um, he's going to be just fine. He's going to be fine. Um, he is, his average draft position is 33. Overall, like, he's going, let's see, who, who, who he's going around. Miles Sanders, Josh Allen. Um, Terry McLaurin and I mean, uh, Swift. So, I mean, other than McLaurin, I'd rather have Allen. Yes. Um, but I also know that I'm high on McLaurin. So, um, but I think that you get Keenan Allen, so long as he doesn't miss half the season or more with injury, he's a top 12 receiver. That's what you want. He's safe. Let's put it that way, right? Like, yeah, you'd want to see probably more touchdowns. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's a fairly safe player. Just that volume. Again, we talked about Allen Robinson. That volume is just so hard to find. That's why. I mean, if you look at all these receivers going up to the top, you know, to number one from this range, 
they all get twenty around twenty four percent of their team's passing work. One out of every four passes. That's a lot of volume. You need it. You need it to be in the upper echelon. So next up on our on the list at eleven is Allen Robinson. And talk about a guy who has had pretty crappy quarterback play <laughs> um, over the last couple seasons. But he's despite a that, what's that? He's had arguably for a receiver of his quality, like the type of fantasy seasons he's put in, he's probably had the worst quarterbacks of any like consistent top 12 wide receiver in the history of fantasy football. I mean, yeah, they're tar- like, yeah. So here's a guy, despite that, like you, we mentioned Thomas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so despite that, here's a guy who last year, not very good quarterback play. He plays in all 16 games, 102 receptions, 151 targets, 1,250 yards receiving, six TDs. He finishes uh, wide receiver 12. Um, tremendous talent, despite his quarterback play. So, I guess like when, when we say this, would you say that because we've talked about like offensive lines with say running back and despite a bad running or offensive line running backs perform well this is similar right well you don't want a wide receiver the bad quarterback but yeah like this he's just so good mm-hmm. you know like what what's there to what's there to say um so w- some of the other stats i have is that 151 targets that's the fourth time he's eclipsed 150 targets in his career. So when we talk about volume receiver, this is, this is it, you know, like um, if you discount his rookie season, right? We we've talked about rookie seasons and you discount the, the season that he played only one game. Um, he's gotten 150 targets four out of five years. That's mm-hmm. pretty damn good. So, what I did say with Allen Robinson is is this is a player where the ceiling doesn't feel that high, and I think that that's based on quarterback play. It's nothing to do with Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. And right now, the projected starter is Andy Dalton. Uh, if we remember Andy Dalton playing in in uh, Dallas last year, it wasn't that great. Um, so, but I still he, think it's an upgrade from for from Trubisky though, and Nick Foles. Yes. So. Um, it's one of the feel it's, he's a player where the ceiling doesn't feel that high, but the floor is really high. You know, if your floor is wide receiver 12, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, Justin Fields, who they picked as, uh, in, as a quarterback of the future, I see him definitely playing at some point this, this coming uh, season. Almost definitely. Which Almost could, definitely. Which could help um, Robinson. I mean, it can't. Can it hurt him? No. I don't you think know, it like, can. I, I just, mean, it might be a go-to for, for Fields, right? Yeah, I mean, they, uh, a lot of the fantasy community really likes um, 
Darnell Mooney as like a sleeper. Um, but the reality is, is like, um, we know Allen Robinson's going to just get a lot of targets. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Allen Robinson's going to see the ball a lot because he's that good. And this is no Penn State bias. He's just that good. I was just going to say, <laughs> former Penn Stater, yeah. So. <laughs> um, next up on our, on the list is uh, a guy you really like, and that's Terry McLaurin at 12. So Terry McLaurin is my eight. <laughs> um, so, again, yes, a guy I really like. Um, second seed in a second season, really great season for him. Um, he plays in 15 games, 87 receptions, 134 targets, uh, 1100 yards, four touchdowns. I, I, I want to see improvement there. And he finishes as, as the wide receiver 21. Um, so for Terry, he needs to improve in the touchdowns for him to uh, get to that eight spot. Be, be better. And, yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we, we've talked about how hard it is to project touchdowns. Um, so it's tough to know where it's going to be. It's not like, you know, Julio Jones, one of the best receivers ever, doesn't have a great touchdown per game rate. You know, like it's just hard to, to – to project but again like i feel like a broken record but 23 percent target rate that's what you want right like that's what you want and that eight eight red zone targets total feels very pedestrian so um what you what you need what you want and what you need is for those to improve with better quarterback play um i haven't looked at what the total like red zone plays were i probably should have looked at that but I mean, anecdotally, we wouldn't expect it to be great. Yeah, and and this is where I disagree with you uh, with your eight a little bit. Is I think he is capped by his quarterback play. Um, so Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be his quarterback, and you know Fitzmagic. <laughs> He's a streaky. He's a streaky quarterback. Like that's the thing. It's like, and and let, he's been on a hundred teams, and there's a reason. Why. There's a reason. Uh, no, this yeah. is not an argument. This is not a pro Fitzpatrick argument. Right. I just think that no matter how streaky or bad he is, it's still better than what Washington had last year. Yeah, and he's Washington's clear cut number one. Um, but I. Yeah, like I think at twelve, like twelve is where I would put him. That's understandable, just because of because of that quarterback play. Like, if you were to put, let's say, McLaren on Arizona, like w- this would be a different story. We'd be it, eight would be perfect, right? Or higher, but. I think the quarterback play does cap him a bit. So do you think last year gets better, worse, or stays the same? I think he stays about the same. 
Well, then, I mean, if he stays about the same, then 12 would probably even be high. Yeah, I, I mean, so, yeah, I guess it would be slightly better. I'm just, I'm just curious, I, you know, like, I'm just, I'm yeah. really curious. It has nothing, there's no wrong answer. I'm just, I'm curious about it, so I'm asking. I mean, I always like a... a a wide receiver going into his third year. I definitely do like that. Um, I'm just concerned. I am concerned for this team. They have a great defense, um, but they ha- they just haven't gotten that quarterback right yet. Right. Um, so... Yeah. His But I mean he may be t- his I don't his targets are going to be there, the receptions are going to be there. Yeah, his I was going to say that to come up. the 87 catches is better than DK Metcalf, is better than Tyler Boyd, um better than uh I'm just trying AJ Brown, DJ Yeah, Moore. I guess to, you're right. Like to move him up to that 8 spot, like could he get eight touchdowns this year. Yeah, he could, right? I, I just... He could. He could get one. You know, like, touchdowns are... They're, they, they're fluky sometimes. They are fluky, right. Um, and he's six foot. He It's not like he's like Metcalf where he's going to, you know, quote-unquote box somebody out. Like, he's not the biggest of bodies. I have him at eight because I think that there are some similarities with Allen Robinson um, in regard to body type and regard a little bit to play style. Um, I think Washington's a better team than Chicago. They are. I agree with you there. So we'll see. You know, um, I just, I think that year three, uh, you know, if, if this is still... There has to be a, there's a discussion on, again, that better, worse stays the same. And have we seen the best version of Terry McLaurin that we've seen? Uh, So his ADP is 35. Um, He's right in between. Oh, sorry. Um, No, you're fine. Change it to half. No, I'm I'm just looking at wide receivers. Let me go to overall. Um. At 35, he's in between Chris Carson and Josh Allen. So Josh Allen, obviously a quarterback. I mean, you're you're spending draft capital on, on a quarterback. So, like, I don't want to count him there, but so let's just say he's going in between, like, Keenan Allen, Chris Carson, Allen Robinson, David Montgomery. Like, I would rather have them than the running backs that you just oh, mentioned. Oh yeah, I ra- Yeah, I'm not I like Chris Carson last year I had him, but I've um I'd rather have McLaren over Carson. Um I don't know if I'd rather have McLaren over Allen or Allen Robinson at this point. Well, you have much more of a body of work from those two, right? right. Like we they're pretty predictable. Mm-hmm. Where McLaurin doesn't feel that way, and you you don't like. Not only are they predictable, they're predictable in this range. Like you're not overpaying for those guys; you're paying right about where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, where 
you don't have the same value. It depends how much you want to weigh, what Curtis Samuel is going to do there, how much you actually value Fitzpatrick. And, and I'm with you. I don't think he's like, I, you know, I don't think he's a good quarterback. But again, I didn't, you don't think Winston is a good quarterback either. Um, that doesn't mean he can't be good for a player. I just think he's better than Alex Smith and Kyle Allen. Um, who who Washington had last season, um, or Dwayne Haskins, who I'm guessing is out of the league at this point. Um, yeah, that's I like. Here's the thing: like I feel for Haskins, and, and I'm going to say this with a caveat because I'm we don't live in D.C., so I don't know what the word is around D.C. But he was drafted as a project player, and he was not treated like a project player. You know, and no, he was like thrown right in there, right? Like, and then he didn't produce, and he wasn't, he was never really expected to be, you know, a project means a project that means and sit on the bench for, for some time and learn. Now, if there's things that are like what, what were with Jamarcus Russell, where like that sit and learn wasn't actually happening, okay, fine, you know, but um, I, I, I'm just not the biggest fan of like when a team does that and, it, and that it's such a Washington football team move, you know, like draft a, an athletic person who's a project because it's a good name and, and then get nothing from it, you know, overpay for it, get nothing from it and have to start from square one again. You know, like that is like, it's a very Dallas move. It's a very Washington move. It's a very mm-hmm. Raiders move at, at some points too. Um, but like when you have those overindulgent, um, team owners you get these kind of things and i you right. know it's it's a shame that you know this this kid's football career is probably going to be over for a franchise that didn't do what they were supposed to do in that regard but i'm also not saying that he should be off the hook because i don't know the story yeah but um that being said fitzpatrick is better than um everything that was there last season that doesn't mean he's great it just means that the quarterback play left a lot to be desired so So Dwayne Haskins is actually in Pittsburgh what's that he's in Pittsburgh oh really they they picked him up okay well then he'll probably play this year (laughs) He, he may yeah um uh I'm I'm just looking yeah he's in he's in Pittsburgh um, but there are some some words about field reading struggles. So, like, I feel like when you draft a, a project, that's what happens. But that's enough Dwayne Haskins talk because we're not big fans of Pittsburgh over here in Philadelphia. No, no, definitely not. Um, so, yeah, that rounds out. Uh, wide receivers 6 through 12. If uh, We'll go through consensus one last time. Um, that's DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin. Um, on my end, not the fantasy pros end. That is Calvin Ridley because he is not in my top five. DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Justin Jefferson, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson. AJ Brown is inside my top five at wide receiver four. And, and here are the guys that I think can 
make it into the top five, um, I believe Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, and Michael Thomas could all be um, in the top five by DK, the end of the next year. D.K. Metcalf, too. Yes. Yeah, D.K. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that out of the that la- that the number names we talked about today, it's the high end guys. We don't really believe that Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, or, or scary Terry McLaurin would end up up in the top, you know, in the top echelon. But the other names, you know, they're as comp, they're as good. They're just for for three of those names, they don't have the long history of it. Mm-hmm. Um. And Michael Thomas does, you know, like, so uh, I think that we're maybe overvaluing a bit of, and when I say overvalue, I mean, like, I think that Michael Thomas will be just fine with Taysom Hill. Um, And I, you know, that being said, I would rather have the top three guys. But again, if someone's going to sit here and argue with me that they think Michael Thomas is wide receiver four, okay, you know. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I mean, I I have them somewhere else, but I get it. Yeah. So, um, all those guys have good upsides, and you're getting them with for good value. And we're going to talk a little bit um, in the coming weeks about when we're talking about value, what we're talking about, and and especially don't get too locked into value, but also don't be too stupid about it. Um, right. Don't turn up a good a, a good deal just for the sake of it. Um, so uh, that's those wide receivers, 6 through 12. We will be back tomorrow with we will. Yes, with uh, finishing out the quarterbacks. We did the top five. We're just going to go straight up 6 through 20 um, with quarterback and tight end because I don't know that there's that much to discuss. Fast moving. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know that how much because – the quarterback position is, in fantasy is it's so tight. Um, I don't know how much there is to discuss. There's not that much difference once you get out of like the top three. Um, it takes a while to fall off a cliff, and then in that next cliff, it takes even longer. Um, they all kind of get to be the same because garbage time still counts. Um, and tight end is like just a never-ending series of darts. <laughs> It's like playing uh, three. What is it? Three hundred one. Three hundred one. Yeah. Yep. All right. That's man. it. All right. Uh, we will see you guys tomorrow.